This is Guns and Butter. It's an embarrassment and a shameful performance by the mainstream media and reflects the fact that the CIA's Operation Mockingbird, where it began infiltrating the media in the 1950s, has been successful, where William Colby, then its head, was even in the position to testify to Congress in 1975 that the CIA owned everyone of any significance in the media. And today, Bonnie, it's only become much worse. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. Today on Guns and Butter, Dr. James Fetzer. Today's show, March for Our Lives, What You Need to Know. Jim Fetzer is McKnight Professor Emeritus at the University of Minnesota Duluth and author and researcher. A former Marine Corps officer, Jim Fetzer has published widely on the theoretical foundations of scientific knowledge, computer science, artificial intelligence, cognitive science, and evolution and mentality. The founder of Scholars for 9-11 Truth, his latest books include The Evolution of Intelligence, The 9-11 Conspiracy, The Scamming of America, Render Unto Darwin, and The Place of Probability in Science. Today we discuss the broad ramifications and underpinnings of the political movement March for Our Lives, attributes and analyses of false flag events in general, and events in Parkland, Florida in particular, and political attacks on the First and Second Amendments to the U.S. Constitution. Dr. James Fetzer, welcome. Oh, Bonnie, it's a delight to be back with you again. So much has been going on. Unbelievable. Yes, well, we've had what is being described as the Valentine's Day Massacre at a high school in Parkland, Florida. How do you approach the study of these events to figure out what's going on? Well, because of my uh, philosophical background, Bonnie, I probably do this slightly more systematically than others, uh, looking, for example, for different kinds of impossibilities that tell us that what we're being told can't be true, uh, one of which are the logical impossibilities. You know, without having to inspect an object, that it can't be both a, a round and square because the mathematical properties are different. Uh, to, be, to be a circle or round or a sphere uh, has all the points uh, equidistant to a center, Square has angles and sides that don't have those properties. Sometimes it's said, uh, you know, of an honest politician is a contradiction in terms. We know that's not strictly speaking correct, but it makes the point. Uh, we know of persons that they can't be in two places at the same time. So that uh, just by knowing, for example, as sane progressive as observed, where this woman is quite brilliant and has done excellent critiques of Las Vegas and now Parkland. She points out that numerous news stories from Fox and Daily Beast have reported that Nicholas Cruz, the purported shooter, pulled the fire drill at 2.30 to draw students out. But the official timeline shows Nicholas Cruz left the building by 2.21 before the fire drill went off. Now, they can't both be true. So, you know, something is wrong with the narrative right off the bat. 
We, we have other examples, for example, uh, from Las Vegas, where Intel Hub has discerned that while Stephen Paddock had earlobes that smoothly attached to his head, that the body in the photograph from the suite at the Mandalay Bay has, has curled earlobes and therefore cannot be the same person. Similarly, the body subjected to an autopsy uh, was measured at 73 inches or six foot one, whereas we have a, a hunting and, and fishing license from Alaska that shows Paddock to be six foot four. Now, a particularly stunning case when it comes to Parkland is that we know a David Hogg, who has been a central figure and spokesman for the movement, did a video with students during the shooting uh, even reporting at 3.13 the identity of the shooter, which wouldn't be made formally for another 30 minutes. But interestingly, he's now done an interview with CBS in the aftermath of the March for Our Lives, in which he explained, and I'm quoting him here, on the day of the shooting, I got my camera and got on my bike and rode as fast as I could three miles from my house to the school to get as much video and to get as many interviews as I could because I knew this. And it actually says could not be another mass shooting, but he surely meant could be another mass shooting. What's fascinating about this, Bonnie, of course, is that it, it, it blows the whole story of where he was and what he was doing right out of the water. And this is even just based upon preliminary considerations of the impossibility of one person being two places at the same time. Uh, I also look for physical impossibilities, violations of the laws of physics, chemistry, biology, physiology. For example, in the Boston bombing, we had these explosions because I'm a former artillery officer in the Marine Corps. It occurred to me that these were not powerful explosions. I've described them as puff pieces. I, I've sometimes suggested that I don't think anyone could have been killed by them unless they were perhaps actually sitting on top of them. And yet when we peer through the smoke, we see bodies lying there that are missing arms and legs. Now, that sounds horrifying until you notice that there is no a blood. Now, it is a physiological impossibility, as Lorraine Day, who MD, who is a head of trauma surgery for San Francisco General Hospital, has observed, to have arms and legs blown off by explosives and for there to be no blood. But the fact is that the blood only shows up later in its fake blood. It comes out of tubes. It's too bright red. Real blood turns dark because it loses its oxygen. The difference between arterial and venal blood, for example, Bonnie. And we know where it came from because there are these uh, little orange duffel bags where there were five or six scattered around the area after it was cleared that are actually little blood kits. Uh, a striking case from 9-11 uh, is the approach of the plane that's supposed to have hit the Pentagon, barely skimming the ground at over 500 miles an hour. Now, when I take this up with pilots and aeronautical engineers, it turns out that's not even an aerodynamically possible trajectory. 
because of the effect of what is known as downdraft or ground effect, that plane uh, could not at that speed have got closer than 60 or even 80 feet to the ground, which is higher than the Pentagon at 71 feet is tall, which may explain why we have a complete dearth of evidence to debris from a a plane having hit the Pentagon, you got the clear, clean Pentagon lawn, no debris whatsoever. Uh, it only starts showing up later. Uh, and even as far as I have been able to sort out, appears to have been dropped by a C-130 that was circling the building. So in cases like this, uh, we're given significant tells, signs right in the evidence that what we're being told can't possibly be true. A third category are technical or technological impossibilities where uh, the technical conditions for conducting an event uh, or an action are unavailable at the time. This is particularly telling in relation to the moon landings, which in 19, you know, occurring in 1969, 1970 or so we are told because it turns out that we didn't have the propulsion power to escape low Earth orbit, that we didn't have the computing power to navigate uh, to the moon and back. Indeed, the, the computer diagram by NASA is having managed all this isn't even a functional computer. In other words, it's a, a complete joke and deception. We, we, in addition, didn't have the capability of negotiating the Van Allen radiation belt, uh, which would have led to the demise of the astronauts. In fact, it's fascinating, Bonnie, that uh, NASA recently acknowledged that the major obstacle to manned missions to Mars is the Van Allen radiation belt, as though that had only shown up since 1969-70. It's been here as long as Earth, approximately, what, uh, four and a half billion years ago. So if we can't navigate it now, we certainly couldn't have navigated it then. Indeed, it's fascinating with regard to moon technology. It's one of the, perhaps the only field in which we haven't made scientific progress since its innovation, where in fact we've even had the absurdity of spokesmen saying that we, we lost it or destroyed the technology to go to the moon, which is a real crock. Indeed, I, I'm fascinated, Bonnie, by NASA having recently offered uh, $20,000 for assistance if the public can help with its space poop problem that they have uh, space diapers that'll hold excrement for up to 14 hours. But these trips to the moon, Bonnie, took uh, seven or eight days, which tells us that the whole story about uh, moon landings is nothing but a giant pile of space poop. Jim, while logging into my email on Saturday, I noticed that Yahoo was live streaming the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C. I clicked on the live stream and watched this very scripted and staged event. It had clearly been well organized down to the last detail, featuring young people, students, and of course the ubiquitous David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez demanding new gun control laws and attacking the NRA. One of the big messages of this concert and demonstration was to get people registered to vote and to vote against those who support the NRA to, quote, vote them out. That was emphasized. The whole thing didn't strike me as something high school kids would be doing. 
this was a well-orchestrated political event. Did you see any of this? And what did you make of it? Oh, absolutely, Bonnie. And you put your finger right on it. This uh, actually was a voter registration drive. It was a DNC campaign event in relation to the the primaries, uh, you know, the, the next round of elections where, for example, in Florida, there are 11 congressional seats that are up for grabs. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the Democrats desperately needed to change the narrative before these midterm elections. They'd suffered a string of embarrassments and defeats uh, politically from scandals such as the collapse of the Russia hacking allegations against the Trump administration, where it turned out that the high-ranking officials of the FBI, uh, James Comey, uh, Andrew McCabe, uh, uh, Peter Strozak, and others were in collusion with this Christopher Steele fellow from the UK and fabricating the dossier, which even appears to have been paid for by the DNC and the Hillary campaign. Uh, it turns out that as a couple of investigative journalists who followed the Clinton campaign reported in their book Shattered, published in early 2017, the Russian hacking meme was actually made up by John Podesta and Robbie Mock within 24 hours of Hillary's concession speech to distract attention from the incompetent campaign they had run, from the contents of the WikiLeaks revelations, which lead directly to Pizzagate, where John Podesta himself is pedophile-in-chief, or so he appears. We even have a video with his voice uh, in the in the ping pong pizza, uh, very, very strange stuff. Uh, and, of course, to obfuscate Hillary's own entanglements with Russia, where she, as Secretary of State, was involved in the transfer of 20% of U.S. uranium reserves to Russia in return for a $145 million contribution to the Clinton Foundation, by way of the Canadian company Uranium One, which required the approval of then-President Barack Obama. But Bonnie, if Julius and Ethel Rosenberg received the electric chair for sharing atomic secrets with the then-Soviet Union, what do Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama deserve for selling off 20% of U.S. uranium? The fact is that the House investigation has concluded there was no evidence of any collusion uh, and the scandal has been a profound embarrassment. We even have the uh, Imran Awan trial looming, so that to, where they, of course, were the Pakistani IT guys who worked for Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the House of Representatives, where she allowed them to spy on other members of the Congress. Now, there's a scandal worth contemplating, but to distract attention when the a trial, the Anwan trial is in the works. They needed to change uh, the narrative. It turns out that as much as the students have been praised, G. Edward Griffin has observed in uh, his piece, Guess Who Organized the Parkland Student Anti-Gun Activist, hint it wasn't the students. It turns out that uh, Debbie uh, Wasserman Schultz uh, was not only lobbying the Florida State Legislature, the teachers' union was providing buses, Michael Bloomberg and women's march groups were organizing the March for Our Lives, moveon.org, promoting the project on social media, because 
As you're implying, Bonnie, these require a great deal of anticipation, planning. My goodness, we even have like a hundred different variations of t-shirts for the Parkland event. Now, that in and of itself would have required a great deal of planning, manufacture, deciding on the patterns, the whole bit. But it was done much, much too soon, which suggests to me, and I would say that, you know, this falls in the category of being technically impossible to produce all these events in such a short period of time without prior knowledge, that this was all a very elaborately staged production. And of course, we have a mountain of evidence that everything that took place at Parkland fell into the same category as we can pursue in considerable detail. I'm speaking with author and researcher Dr. James Fetzer. Today's show, March for Our Lives, What You Need to Know. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. Regarding the funding for this March for Our Lives, you've mentioned several organizations. I've also uh, read about something called Every Town for Gun Safety, uh, Giffords, something called Avaz, uh, and I think you mentioned the Women's March L.A., I've read that the real goals of this march was to raise funds and register voters for the Democratic Party. Actor uh, George Clooney uh, was in attendance and donated a half a million dollars to it. That's right, and Oprah as well, I gather. Uh, But I think you make an impeccable point, particularly considering that Congress had just adjourned. So they weren't actually in the position to go to congressional offices in the House or the Senate, this appears to have been a completely, uh, very thoroughly planned, uh, extensively funded event uh, as a public relations effort uh, for the Democratic National Party, which has long regarded gun control as one of its uh, prime issues uh, since the Sandy Hook event, where Just to mention in passing another example of physical impossibility, uh, Wolfgang Halbig, who has done so much uh, work in this area, has recently produced a photograph of eight of the Sandy Hook girls looking real perky and cute and uh, on, you know, much, much older, juxtaposed with their photographs as decedents at Sandy Hook, where we have discovered that they fabricated the children at Sandy Hook by using photographs of older kids when they were younger, which, of course, explains why the medical examiner, Wayne Carver, wouldn't allow the parents into the school to view their children, why there was no surge of EMTs, why no string of ambulance to rush their little bodies off to hospitals where they could be pronounced dead or alive. They were all fictions, and it's just stunning how when you dig deeper into these events, you find the American people are being played again and again and again. Bonnie, we even have the FEMA manual for a two-day event at Sandy Hook where they had a rehearsal on the 13th going live on the 14th, which explains why there were porta-potties already in place, a pizza, bottled water at the firehouse, Many had name tags on lanyards. There was even a portable sign that said everyone must check in. Parents bringing children to the scene. 
No parent would bring their child to the scene of a child shooting massacre. It even says in the manual, everyone must check in, which explains the sign. And of course, restrooms and refreshments are a standard part of FEMA drills where the players are identified by color-coded name tags on lanyards. All the pieces fit, Bonnie, but it's been uh, it's completely different than what we have been told by the mainstream media promoted by the government. But this appears to have been a Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Eric Holder, Daniel Malloy, Connecticut State Police, Newtown School Board, fake parents faking having kids where they have been paid off handsomely, Bonnie. The school board got a grant of $50 million for a new school where the old one had been abandoned by 2008 because it was loaded with asbestos and other biohazards damaged by hurricanes. There was even a major flood in 2007. It was uninhabitable and appears to have already been condemned where the the parties, the, the alleged grieving families, uh, 26 in number split between 27 and $130 million in donations from sympathetic but gullible Americans, meaning they pocketed more than a million bucks apiece. That's pretty good for playing the role of a crisis actor. And now we have these uh, Parkland kids, many of whom were unaware that this was a staged event, who are receiving immense amounts of publicity and where we also have reports that George Soros was bussing in participants for the March for Our Lives. Uh, none of this is as it has been presented to the American people during what will now, I have no doubt, become endless hours of media coverage, just as we have been exposed to over a year of repetitious ongoing coverage of the non-existent Russian collusion by the Trump administration. It's an embarrassment and a shameful performance by the mainstream media and reflects the fact that the CIA's Operation Mockingbird, where it began infiltrating the media in the 1950s, has been successful, where William Colby, then its head, was even in the position to testify to Congress in 1975 that the CIA owned everyone of any significance in the media. And today, Bonnie, it's only become much worse. Well, with regard to the March for Our Lives, this turned out to be a global coordinated protest with demonstrations in foreign countries calling for gun control in the United States. Why would foreigners be demonstrating for this? As well, I read an article entitled, Parkland Students Rally in Israel and Dubai to Demand Gun Control in America. Oh, Bonnie, that's just great because, you know, you had a, a couple of sisters from Parkland in Israel talking about how safe they felt in Israel, that they felt more safe in Israel than they did in what is supposed to be one of the safest schools in America in Broward County, blissfully unaware that Israel is an armed camp, that you have, you know, even young girls uh, carrying uh, AR-15 uh, assault weapons uh, in the streets of Tel Aviv. I mean, it's just stunning their ignorance here. In fact, it turns out that there's been a steady diminution in gun violence and gun crime in the United States uh, over the past 
uh, years. Let me give you figures, for example, gun violence since the 1990s. In 1993, a death by firearm per 100,000 people of all ages stood at 15.3. By 2014, it had dropped to 10.5. That's a 30% drop. Homicides from 7.0 per 100,000 to 3.4 by 2014. Non-fatal violent firearm crime victimization has dropped even more dramatically from 726.3 in 1993 to 174.8 in 2014. That's like a 75% decline. It also turns out that worldwide gun ownership and homicides are inversely related so that the regions that have the highest Gun ownership have the lowest homicide rates, for example, while North America, the United States, and Canada have among the highest gun ownership, they also have among the lowest homicide rates. Other regions, such as Latin America, South America, Brazil, have among the lowest gun ownership, but among the highest homicide rates. Africa, again, among the lowest gun ownership, highest homicide rates. So we find that, in fact, there's an inverse relationship. Which would you prefer? High gun ownership and low homicide rates or low gun ownership and high homicide rates? Those appear to be the choices. Indeed, uh, Bonnie, it is shocking to me that Americans are a lot looking to Chicago, which has among the most stringent gun control laws in the country, uh, but also among the greatest rates of gun violence and homicide perhaps in the world today. It, it turns out, by the way, that there are 5 million AR-15s in the United States, but only five have been purported to have been used in mass shootings. And those would include in the Sandy Hook in Las Vegas and now in Parkland, where those were all staged events. We can demonstrate, and in fact it appears, and this is one of the most interesting aspects of Parkland, that they used uh, uh, what's called simunition, simulated ammunition, where you have bullets that are made out of beeswax and laundry detergent, which turns out to explain why we had the miraculous recovery of a number of students who claim to have been shot uh, uh, but couldn't possibly have uh, recovered in the brief amount of time since the event had they been hit with uh, high-velocity AR-15 bullets, including Maddie Wilford, shot three times in Parkland, who's so grateful to be here, including, according to the physician, in the stomach and in the chest with an AR-15, which I guarantee you would be fatal wounds, and yet she's able to walk out with nary a scratch. The doctor says young people heal miraculously fast. This is another example of physical impossibilities in this entire story. We have Samantha Fuentes, who is supposed to have been shot in both legs with an AR-15, and yet she's a week later able to walk and be interviewed by a reporter and cover her wounds with Band-Aids, Bonnie. I mean, this is simply absurd. Even the New York Times published a piece about the massive damage inflicted by AR-15 wounds, which means, of course, that neither of these girls was shot uh, with an AR-15, but rather supports the thesis that it was done using this simunition, this simulated ammunition, 
where the, the teacher who claimed to have confronted a police officer dropped all in in metal garb uh, with a bulletproof vest and a helmet and so forth said she couldn't recognize the, the rifle he was using, where I have an, another expert who suggested to me she didn't recognize it because it was a SIM gun, a specially designed weapon to fire these bullets. Another example is the girl who said she was in Holocaust class who deflected a bullet with a, a book. She said it was a tiny book which is preposterous if it had been a, an actual AR-15 high-velocity slug, but makes sense if it was one of these bullets made out of beeswax and laundry detergent. I mean, the fakery here and, and the, the, the medical anomalies are simply overwhelming. I'm speaking with author and researcher Dr. James Fetzer. Today's show, March for Our Lives, What You Need to Know. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. What have you learned about the sheriff of Broward County, Scott Israel? Well, this is a very interesting case, Bonnie, because Scott Israel uh, turns out to be the first Jewish sheriff of Broward County. He actually campaigned as a Talmudic Jew, which for those who understand uh, uh, are going to be rather stunned because the Talmud may be the most racist document ever conceived by the mind of man, espousing Jewish superiority over other humans, referred to collectively as the Goyim, where the Jews are as superior to the Goyim, who only exist to serve the Jews, according to the Talmud, as human beings in general are to the other animals, such as cattle, uh, where the Jews are entitled to lie, cheat, steal, abuse, even kill the goyim with impunity. Uh, I am not suggesting that this is a, a, a widely held uh, Jewish belief. It's simply that when he campaigned, he was actually citing the Talmud. And just as this particular uh, branch of, uh, of, of Judaism is objectionable, we find parallels in the Muslim world where the Wahhabism of the Saudi Arabians is on an equal par, where they believe in slaughtering infidels and taking their women and turning them into sex slaves. And of course, I don't need to enumerate the atrocities that have been committed by various groups in the name of Christ. So here we have... A stunning example of the sheriff, where he appears to have been coordinating the event, deeply involved. The fact that he was invited by Senator Chuck Grassley to address the Senate committee in investigating gun violence and school safety speaks volumes and has to reflect the fact that he's embarrassed he'll be asked questions about his deputies not entering the school. Whereas uh, Tucker Carlson asked when he interviewed him on his show, he appears to have ordered them not to enter the school in the apprehension that he might mistake some of the players for real shooters and take them out, which would be, you know, a horrific end to a very carefully stage-managed event. How did a political movement, March for Our Lives, grow out of what is described as the Valentine's Day Massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida? And we're not talking about Al Capone. Incidentally, the New York Times ran an article about how the original St. Valentine's Day Massacre changed gun laws. 
Well, of course, that was the machine gunning of one gang by another, I mean, using Tommy guns. I mean, it was quite a vicious event. We've seen it portrayed in numerous movies. How they could draw a comparison is uh, indicative of why they chose Valentine's Day for this event. They wanted to play on the memories and recollections. They wanted to change the subject. Because, uh, you know, since Obama first took office, there's been a steady stream of mass shootings right to this very day where behind-the-scene perpetrators are applying a Chinese water torture to American consciousness, uh, which uh, entails, you know, this constant drip-drip of these events where the globalists appear to believe it's only a matter of when a critical mass of citizens will rise out and demean the outlawing and subsequent confiscation of guns. As uh, uh, Mike Adams, uh, who has been ranked as high as number two most influential on the internet, who was hit massively after he interviewed me, where his entire uh, channel, including over 1,700 videos, was taken down, as observed, as Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show has emphasized, the Hawaiian Demography Project revealed that there were 19 genocides during the 20th century, which were preceded by gun confiscation and totaled the the murder of over 263 million people. We are uh, uh, wise to preserve the Second Amendment to defend ourselves, not only from intruders to our homes, where we know that the average time for a police response is as much as 20 minutes, when the mayhem tends to take place in the first five or six. So while you're waiting for the police to arrive with their weapons to defend you, uh, it may be that your daughter has been raped, your wife has been murdered, you've been mugged in the meanwhile. But most especially, as uh, Judge Napolitano has observed, assault weapons uh, aren't protected by the Second Amendment for the purpose of shooting deer, They're protected by the Second Amendment for the purpose of shooting tyrants. We had to fight our first American revolution to emancipate ourselves from the rule of Britain, and we may uh, hopefully not have to fight a second in order to preserve the integrity of the nation from modern-day tyrants of whom these who are involved in perpetrating this hoax at Parkland as those at at Las Vegas, as those at the Boston bombing, as those at Sandy Hook before us, are all uh, perpetrating frauds on the American people, including theft by deception, in order to instill fear into the public, in order to make us more amenable to manipulation, to promote their political agenda, which is clearly inimical to the best interests and general welfare of the American people, Bonnie. It's a, it's a tragic situation that you should have one party seeking to capitalize on what, if they were real, would be real tragedies, but where, in fact, they've been fabricated again and again and again. I have not only done interviews and presented videos laying out the evidence about it, but have published books bringing together experts on different aspects of these cases. For example, Nobody Died at Sandy Hook had 13 contributors, including six current or retired PhD uh, uh, professors uh, and other experts, including Paul Preston, who is himself a school administrator, who was so bothered by 
what he saw being broadcast from Newtown that day, that he reached out to his contacts in the Obama Department of Education, each of whom confirmed to him that it had been a drill, that no one had died and that it was done to promote gun control. But, but I have others about the Boston bombing, about JFK, about 9-11, about Orlando and Dallas, about Charlottesville, each of which has 13 to 15 contributors, and I'm in the process of editing uh, yet another volume on Las Vegas, and now, of course, alas, we'll be obligated to bring together the best students of Parkland as well, so that there will exist somewhere in the world a documented account of what actually happened during these events, which we're obviously not getting from the mainstream media and where uh, Google and YouTube and, and Twitter and Facebook are doing their best to obliterate all of the research being done by citizen journalists who are picking up the responsibility heretofore carried out by the Fourth Estate, which has been completely infiltrated and, and subverted, prostituted by the CIA and other agencies of the United States but where the overarching theme appears to be one of promoting the interests of Israel, where we have a, a hundred of the officials with CNN, for example, who are dual U.S.-Israeli citizens, and where Cynthia McKinney uh, revealed a few years back that when new members of Congress arrive in Washington, they're asked to sign a pledge to put the interests of Israel ahead of those of the United States, where those who resist find themselves confronted with a well-financed alternative candidate or even that their district has been redrawn and that they no longer have a seat, Cynthia was able to prevail over those obstacles, but others, such as Dennis Kucinich, have not been. We have to understand that the resistance, there has been interference in our election, but it hasn't come from Russia. That interference instead has come from our gallant ally in the Middle East, Israel, which is seeking to utilize the resources of the United States to benefit itself, regardless of the consequences and costs to the United States and its citizens. Well said, Jim. Um, what about the coroner of Broward County? Do we know who this person is? Well, it's rather fascinating, Bonnie, that you raise the question because they had to get the right coroner in place in order to make sure all this would work out right. And it turns out that uh, the, the previous coroner appears to have been framed, that $500 was put in the sock of a, of a, a patient he was uh, dissecting during an autopsy. He discovered the money, put it in an envelope, was going to properly uh, dispatch it, uh, return it to its rightful owner, uh, but it disappeared and he was framed for theft, of which he appears to have been completely innocent, so they could bring in a new coroner whose greatest uh, distinction appears to have been to identify the body of Saddam Hussein, which is completely ironic, Bonnie, because uh, uh, Saddam Hussein was actually taken out in a B-1 bomber strike on April 7, 2003. I, I know the mother of the pilot, Chris Walker, who conducted the operation, dropped four 500-pound JDAM bombs on a restaurant in Baghdad, took out Saddam, his two sons, and 50 or 60 members of the general staff. He was lionized and put on CNN, given the Distinguished Flying Cross, 
eventually be feted at the Crystal Cathedral of the Reverend Robert Schiller in Orange County, California, whose services are broadcast on television, uh, apparently alerting the Pentagon that he was being recognized for this event because officially uh, Saddam uh, had been you know, found in a spider hole. They took one of his doubles, uh, made the uh, apprehension, put him on trial and hanged him. But in fact, I have an expose in the book, and I suppose we didn't go to the moon either, which includes two chapters about the first death of Saddam Hussein. They had uh, Captain Walker return to Langley and informed him while they admired his flying skills that officially Saddam got away, even though uh, we have Dick Cheney quoted in the New York Times, no less, as stating that, yes, he thinks they got Saddam, that his... Uh, his, his battered body was dragged out of the rubble and he wasn't breathing as a consequence of this B-1 bomber attack. In fact, uh, uh, Australian photojournalist Joe Viles had, had noticed that they differed in their, their teeth and their bite, that the, uh, Saddam had excellent teeth and a, a regal overbite, meaning his upper teeth extended beyond his lower, but his replacement had bad teeth and an underbite, uh, which was the, the, the tell. I actually obtained the ace of spades from a 52-card pack for the American command in Iraq and confirmed that Joe Viles was exactly right, that Saddam had been killed in the earlier bomber strike, and the man who was put on trial and hanged was, in fact, one of his doubles. It's, it's a fascinating story, but once again, the American people are being bamboozled for the sake of promoting a political agenda. I'm speaking with author and researcher Dr. James Fetzer. Today's show, March for Our Lives, What You Need to Know. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. And also with regard to the Parkland shooting, the Secret Service was reportedly at the school providing active shooter training three weeks earlier. Is this regularly done? Well, the story appears to be the following, that the Secret Service came in a couple of weeks before the event and changed their security protocols, which is rather stunning. It's never been done to anyone's knowledge in any other instance. The, the security policies for the Broward School were actually uh, designed by Wolfgang Halbig, who's not only a retired Florida state trooper uh, but uh, uh, and U.S. Customs agent uh, and school administrator, but a, a nationally recognized school safety consultant who, in fact, first became interested in Sandy Hook because he wanted to learn what had happened there so he could advise other school systems on what to do to avoid it. Not only did the Secret Service uh, 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 oddly come in and change the security protocols, which not only was reported by students, but by a teacher to Rachel Maddow on MSNBC, but they took down a security camera on a freshman building it turns out that the cameras were on a delayed basis, 26 or 27 minutes, which makes their footage all but useless for a real-time response. There were a host of other oddities where uh, students uh, who survived the Parkland shooting were reporting they were told the police would do a fake code red with fake guns, that it was going to be done, 
an active scooter drill would be done this week. Students thought they were participating in a drill. Another reported the Army people told the kids not to look around at the bodies they moved and hid under mats, no doubt because they weren't real. The only actual footage we have, and they appear to have shut down the students by directing them not to use their cell phones, which have cameras, with over 3,000 students, you should have cell phone footage all over the place, but it doesn't appear to exist. Live Leaks released a 58-second uh, footage from inside a classroom, and you can see students who are screaming and crying. One girl is talking about her bottled water as though that would be an urgent issue under the circumstance. Another is using her iPod. You can see a body lying there in a pool of blood, but it appears to be fake blood, just as we had in Boston. And the body appears to be a mannequin with no arms and no head. I mean, it's this bad, Bonnie, the extent to which they're going to deceive the public here to promote the democratic political agenda. Frankly, it's embarrassing because we're able to expose what actually happened but actually shameful that a party should be exploiting the emotions of the American people by fabricating traumatic events of this kind. It's in fact a form of faux terrorism, which of course is designed to instill fear into the uh, 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 public in order to make it more amenable to promote a political agenda, in this case, gun control, or at the very least, as a, a, a political campaign event in order to promote voter registration, especially among young people, where the prospects of the Democrats heretofore have been rather bleak, given the wake of scandals involving Russiagate and the DNC, uh, FBI, uh, DOJ uh, collaboration in corruption, but where they are changing the narrative to, you know, uh, focus on what they regard as a Democrat-friendly issue, gun control. There were students telling the media that there were multiple shooters. I saw several of these videos. There was one of a, a young a female student who claimed she was walking out of the building talking to the accused, the accused shooter, Nicholas Cruz, they were talking to each other. They heard, she said they heard shots uh, in the distance. They walked out together. As well, Nicholas Cruz, who I guess is going to be charged with murder, was visited 39 times by law enforcement and placed on a watch list. This is another reason why the sheriff appears reluctant to appear before the Senate committee, which would have been his most important contribution to the public good had all of this been real and authentic. He doesn't want to have to address the issues that there were many previous reports about Nicholas Cruz. Indeed, it's fascinating that when uh, the Donald uh, learned that he'd been reported as many as 20 times to the FBI, but they had done nothing to follow up. He faulted them on that ground. And uh, where uh, David Hogg uh, went after Trump, complaining that he was the responsible party, uh, only subsequently acknowledging his father is with the FBI himself. And get this, Bonnie, 
He's not just an ordinary member of the FBI. He's actually a crisis management specialist. He's my candidate for the person who organized the entire event at Parkland and where he wanted his own son to be a key player. You're 100% correct that there's an interview with this young woman saying she walked out with Nicholas Cruz telling him she thought it would have been him as the shooter. In the meanwhile, she's hearing sounds of gunshots in the background. We have multiple students reporting more than one shooter. I also read that David Hogg talked about soft targets when referring to the students. And it was pointed out that the phrase soft targets, that's a military term. Yeah, it's a military or intel term about easy targets, right? In fact, uh, uh, Donald Rumsfeld is reported to have said about attacking Iraq instead of uh, Afghanistan, uh, that he explained that Afghanistan did not have a lot of targets, but that Iraq was a target-rich environment a lot of soft targets, that he would be using such a phrase indicates that this is uh, uh, someone with a bit of an unusual background. And when you consider his father being an FBI crisis management specialist, it all fits as to why he would be the key player in this entire event, where interestingly, Bonnie, in his very first interview, uh, about the events at Parkland, he had to pause and stop and start over five different times in order to make sure he got his words right in accordance with the script in and of itself. It's embarrassing and revealing that this guy, in fact, is a crisis actor and not speaking sincerely about events he knows on the basis of his own direct personal experience. Was the FBI the first to respond when the school is very close to law enforcement? It's completely ridiculous that the FBI would be involved here. No, it ought to have been law enforcement. But, of course, as we know, uh, the sheriff held four deputies back, which I believe we can reasonably infer was done deliberately. Uh, In this case, as in the case of Sandy Hook and Boston, too, you didn't have a surge of EMTs into the building. In fact, several EMTs complained about them not being allowed to enter the building to treat the victims. There was no string of ambulances to rush the, the injured off to hospitals where they could be given attention. This was true at Sandy Hook. This was true in Boston, too. Indeed, at Boston, we even had the police on bullhorns calling out, This is a drill. This is a drill. We had the Boston Globe tweeting that a demonstration bomb would be set off during the marathon for the benefit of bomb squad activities. It turns out in each of these cases, the evidence is there, but you may have to dig, which is why I and my uh, research collaborators have been doing everything we can to get to the bottom of each of these and doing our best to make that information available to the public, which the deep state in this case in the, in the instrumentation of YouTube is doing its best to take down as rapidly as we can produce them, which is why we're having to resort to alternative uh, uh, platforms for videos where YouTube cannot take them down, such as DTube or BitChute or 153news.net. Uh, Bonnie, there's a cultural adaptation to these Uh, uh, artificial selection procedures being imposed by the deep state uh, where uh, we're doing our best to adapt. The problem being 
that uh, all kinds of mischief can occur uh, during the time this information is suppressed and not in the hands of the public, for example. No doubt they want to keep anyone from realizing what actually happened until the midterm elections when the Democrats will derive their payoff from, uh, from the investment they have made in time and resources and money to create this very elaborate public relations effort in Washington, D.C., uh, labeled March for Our Lives, better understood March for Our Political Lives, March to Preserve 11 Democrat seats in Florida alone, for example, which Debbie Wasserman Schultz has worried were in jeopardy because of the scandals that have been exposed involving the Democratic Party, the Clinton campaign, the, the FBI, and the Department of Justice itself. How would you assess the role of CNN in these events? CNN has been an eager participant, and it's unsurprising. Uh, CNN appears to be a completely... Uh, a Zionist Mossad operation where we have uh, over a hundred officials with CNN who've been identified as dual U.S. Israeli citizens. Uh, CNN, I would better describe as CIA 24-7. MSNBC appears to be CIA light with a feminist twist. But Wolf Blitzer, Anderson Cooper, and others have long been identified as representing the CIA, indeed, as have many uh, prominent American journalists in the past, so that, you know, their reach in affecting the public has been powerful. And where it's a serious question as to whether CNN ought to be allowed to continue its exclusive broadcasts in the airports of the United States, because they are not uh, representing a fair and balanced delivery of the news, but something that's completely biased, just as we have now discovered that YouTube and Google are declaring that they're taking a position, a stance, Facebook too. In other words, they're making decisions about what they believe to be true or false, or really more appropriately, which political agenda they're going to promote, which political agenda they're going to suppress. This is completely undemocratic, un-American. It's a deep state working through private corporations to conceal the gross abuse of the First Amendment that's taking place here. So we have a concurrent attack on the First and the Second Amendment, which is indispensable because uh, if the truth gets out, then people are going to be disaffected and the agenda to take our guns will collapse and uh, the tyranny will be stopped. Uh, uh, the, the exposing these false flags can have a, a devastating effect on the public perception of what's been going on here as well it should. And therefore, I'm profoundly in your debt to have the opportunity to discuss these events with you because it's not just these school shootings, but a whole host of other events where the American people have been played, including uh, JFK including the 9-11. Yet a third is the U.S. Geological Survey study of dust samples on 9-11 from 35 locations that showed a host of elements present that in their quantities and correlations were indicative of a nuclear event, including barium, strontium, lithium, lanthanum, tritium, some of which only exist in radioactive form. Bonnie, we're being played again and again. The internet has become uh, the new Gutenberg 
press, as Preston James has observed in his brilliant new book about to appear from uh, 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 moonrockbooks.com, they are so threatened they're taking extraordinary measures to suppress it, which we can only hope will be an abject failure for the for the welfare and integrity of the American people and the United States of America. Dr. James Fetzer, thank you so much. Bonnie, it's a great pleasure being on with you. The American people have to understand the truth, and we're doing our best to bring it to them. I've been speaking with Dr. James Fetzer. Today's show has been March for Our Lives, What You Need to Know. A former Marine Corps officer, Jim Fetzer has published widely on the theoretical foundations of scientific knowledge, computer science, artificial intelligence, cognitive science, and evolution and mentality. McKnight Professor Emeritus at the University of Minnesota Duluth, he has also conducted extensive research into the assassination of JFK, the events of 9-11, and the plane crash that killed Senator Wellstone. The founder of Scholars for 9-11 Truth, his latest books include The Evolution of Intelligence, The 9-11 Conspiracy, The Scamming of America, Render Unto Darwin, and The Place of Probability in Science. Jim Fetzer's most recent articles can be found at jamesfetzer.blogspot.com. That's jamesfetzer.blogspot.com. He has two JFK websites, assassinationresearch.com and assassinationscience.com. His radio show, The Raw Deal, is broadcast Tuesdays and Thursdays from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Revolution Radio Studio B. He is co-editor of moonrockbooks.com and can be reached via jim at moonrockbooks.com and at jfetzer at d.umn.edu. That's jfetzer at d.umn.edu. Guns and Butter is produced by Bonnie Faulkner, Yaramako, and Tony Rango. Visit us at gunsandbutter.org to listen to past programs, comment on shows, or join our email list to receive our newsletter that includes recent shows and updates. Email us at faulkner at gunsandbutter.org. Follow us on Twitter at GNB Radio. Hey, yo, these are some serious times that we live in, G. And our new world order is about to begin. You know what I'm saying? Now the question is, are you ready for the real revolution, which is the evolution of the mind? If you seek, then you shall find that we all come from the divine. You dig what I'm saying? Now if you take heed to the words of wisdom that are written on the walls of life, then universally we will stand and divided we will fall because love conquers all. You understand what I'm saying? This is a call for all you sleeping souls. Wake up and take control of your own cipher and be on the lookout for the spirit sniper trying to